Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. I have no idea, but I'm dragging it today. Like, I am tired. As soon as I got in here, I just like, tired. So you're going to have to wake up. Need a, do you need a stone cold stutter? I'll come. Yeah, up, there. I'm yeah. coming. Over yeah, there. you need to come off the top rope like <laughs> Savage. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's the show. That show would be the Sports Cage. That show, the Sports Cage, on Thursday, sponsored by our good friends over at the Canadian Brew House. Where tonight you can go down and watch National Hockey League action between the Florida Panthers and the Toronto Maple Leafs. One game to none. Florida leads it. National Hockey League action between the Seattle Kraken and the Dallas Stars. Seattle leading one game to none. You can watch Major League Baseball getting started right away. As a matter of fact, the Toronto Blue Jays against the Boston Red Sox. That's right. The Blue Jays have lost four straight games. Uh, They're uh, taking on the Red Sox right now. Uh, well, in about a ha- about an hour's time, I guess is when it's going to start. They got whipped yesterday, eight to three. Uh, you can go down there and watch some NBA basketball. I know the Golden State Warriors will try to get back on even terms with LeBron and the LA Lakers. Lakers stole Game One, up one game tonight. Lakers doing much better in the playoffs than I thought they'd do. But uh, let's be honest, the worst Stanley Cup playoff game is way better than an NBA game. It's the NBA's pathetic. I'd ra- I'm at the point now. I'd rather watch a competitive one nothing soccer game than an NBA game. It's boring as crap. Um, What else can we tell you about in the world of sports? How about this? The Edmonton Elks have officially released defensive end Avery Ellis, who came over in a trade from Montreal last season, and kicker Sergio Castillo, the Grey Cup winning kicker with the Blue Bombers who went to Edmonton. So that's kind of a surprise 10 days before training camp is scheduled to start. Right oh, now, look at Sergio. Find a home. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, nothing but subpar globals and below-average Canadians there uh, for uh, the Elks. So I they're wonder, gonna lose. Did they, dra- did they draft a, a kicker? Probably. They're gonna lose. Ooh, that's a big. Night. That's a big game, man. That oh, is a huge game. Guaranteed lose night. <laughs> but you know what? Because Winnipeg doesn't cheat, and they're not not ever over the salary cap. They'll probably add Castillo to Winnipeg because they need a kicker. Oh, yeah. That's the one thing they need. They can so, sign anyone they want. Anyone they want. Anyone. anyone. And if you call them out, they're going to call the league office on you, the fans. Hey, did you see last week? I said that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, they should give all that $60,000 to the fans because the fans are the ones that they cheated last year. We're the one paying the good money to see these guys play, and they cheated us. They do you cheated rem- us. Do you remember? Do you remember when the Riders, I think, were like 13,000 over in th- 2013, and Bomber fans were losing yeah. their you-know-what over it? This is six, what, six, $65,000. Now, now, listen. By far the most, I think the next closest was... Uh, ha- no, uh, Toronto, Toronto. 48,000. But I will... T- uh, Montreal was an egregious 794 over the cap. Ooh. I will tell... Dollars, not $100,000. Yeah. So... I'm not against cheating. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. That's fine. 
That's fine. I, I, wish, like, I don't like cheating. I wish the Riders would have tried harder last year that way. But I will tell you this. Don't whine and cry and try to be holier than thou. I do not believe almost everybody re-signed in Winnipeg and took cuts. It's the CFL. Well, they got a great culture over there. Great culture. Great set culture. That, cheats, uh, that treats their players the right way yeah. on the way out. Yeah. We know that from history, from people we've talked to. They treat them with, like, gold. Hey, by the way, I got a question for you. It was officially announced something we broke a while ago that Dwayne L. has taken Taken over from Aaron Anderson as the Regina High School Athletic Commissioner, mm-hmm. leaving uh, his post as a teacher at, over at Riffle as a, a, the uh, physical education teacher. Now, I don't know how this works, but I know uh, there's one guy that went to that school, prominent football player, a draft pick of the Blue Bombers that uh, has an education degree. He would be Kyle Borsa. I wonder if somehow Borsa can end up there and then not play for the Rams this year. Because let's be honest, if Borsa ever did get a crack at that job, he'd be stupid not to take it. He's not playing professional football, Mm. and you may never get a chance at that job again. I don't know how that works if he would, but he'd be a nice addition over there. I I told him, he has another year of... With the Rams this yes, year? Yes, he could play. I totally forgot about it. Like, it seems he like play. he's been around for a long time. Well, he has been, but uh, there's COVID and everything like that, yeah. too. I agree with you. Uh, Pinty's Grand Slam of Curling continuing over there. The uh, the finale, I think they call it the Coyote Tractor Champion Cup, and it wraps up the P- uh, Pinty's Grand Slam of Curling. Ben Hebert's going to join us uh, on the show after uh, 3.30. So between 3.30 and 4, we'll spend time with Ben Hebert. Uh as previously mentioned, uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, well, they made some moves. We heard it in sports this week, or uh, this uh, this afternoon, pardon me. They've signed American linebacker Kyrie Fisher-Morris, who has spent time with the Oregon State Beavers. Uh, they also cut American linebacker Justin Rice, and former Ram Riley Borsman's called it a career. Yeah, that was a bit of a Retire- surprise. It's huh? a bit of a surprise because he had a pretty good camp, came back to the Rams. They had a little bit of quarterbacking issues with the young guy under center last year, so didn't really get the tape maybe that he wanted. Not mm-hmm. that he needed tape because he signed with the Riders, but uh, he decided to pack it in. Maybe I'll try to get him on the show. Uh, tomorrow. Uh, Blades got swept, so you got your wish, Singer. The Blades are done. <laughs> oh, that's such good news. Blades. Man, I was so sick of listening to that. Yeah. Oh, what, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Oh, man. Blades are done. So they thought they were just this big romantic sports story by coming back from 2-3-0. Enough. Get out of here. Yeah, what's the difference whether you're out in a... What's the difference whether you're out in the first round or third round? Yeah, no Doesn't difference. really matter. Uh, Seattle can go up 3-1 on Kamloops tonight. Uh, T-Birds have only only lost once in the playoffs. That was their last game, 4-1 to the Blazers. Hey, uh, circling back to NHL hockey for a second, this is a sad story. Uh, remember this from 1990. So I'll, I'll, I'll set the table for you folks that haven't been around that long. Uh, last time the Oilers won the Cup was 1990. They're endeavoring to do that again, but uh, didn't look too good last night, and we'll get to that in a second. But um, this guy came over to the Oilers from Detroit. Uh the, the old joke was hide the beer, Clem is here because in 1988, I want to say he and Bob Probert of the Red Wings got caught drinking and stuff, and Jacques the Mares benched them during the what would it was the it was the Campbell Conference final between Detroit and Edmonton, and that was the joke. Hide the beer, Clem is here. He would come to Edmonton. He would sit. So this game won in Boston in 1990. That was the uh, uh, second year after Gretzky left. Uh, the Oilers were looking for their fifth cup in seven years. They're in Boston. They're up 2 nothing. They cough away the lead, 2-2. They go to overtime. They go to the second overtime. Klima's been sitting on the bench since the third period. He hasn't been on the ice. Then 
The, He's hung over. the power goes out. <laughs> the power goes out, and they have a 25-minute delay. So by the time they get back to playing, he's been on the bench, I think, probably in real time for an hour. He hasn't played. John Muckler, the coach, brings him out. He's on the ice in triple overtime, and this happens. Bob Cole would go on to say, and what a win this has got to be for the Edmonton Oilers. That's how he used to say yeah. it. So uh, anyway, uh, Klima passing away today at the age of 58 years old. We don't know the cause of death. The Oilers just announced it on their Twitter account. So that's uh, some sad news. Uh, speaking of uh, the NHL, Snoop Dogg. Let's go. Ottawa Senators, baby. I don't know. He hasn't bought the team yet. Has no, he? no, but the rumor is he has a bid in there. Yeah, he has a bid in But he is he's come out and said what I said. The NHL is basically piss-poor marketing. I said that. They're actually worse than the CFL when you factor in their budgets compared to the CFL budgets. And he came out and said, why? Connor McDavid's the best hockey player in the world, on the planet. Why are there not more commercials of him around? He should be everywhere. That's what Snoop Dogg said. He goes, "We need. they need to market their stars more. So mm-hmm. he's pushing that. And you know, Ryan Reynolds, he has a uh, an interest in a soccer team, and he's done the Netflix series with that soccer team. So maybe... Uh, his bid will win. I don't know. It'd be nice, though, that Ottawa gets a little publicity. They're saying it could be a $1 billion price tag attached to the team in Ottawa. And then let's go back to last night's uh, games. The one we really want to talk about, we'll give, uh, we'll give some respect to the Carolina Hurricanes. They gave the Devils everything they could handle. In fact, the Devils only had one shot in the first period. One! Mm-hmm. One measly shot. Uh, Carolina takes game one with Rod the Bod Brindamore from Notre Dame Hound fame as their head coach. They win it uh, 5-1 going up one game to none. Then in Vegas, the Edmonton Oilers haven't won an opening game of a series since all the way back to 2017 when I think they played San Jose. 0-7 now, right? Yeah, Something pathetic. Like the Oilers get the first goal of the game, Dreisaitl. Give it up right away. They're down... I think they were down 3-1. They battled back to tie the game at 3 on the power play to start the third. And then bang, bang! Bang, bang! Yeah, that was unfortunate. Every time they got back into yeah. it... They, they looked terrible, the de- terrible, def- terrible defensively. The goal Skinner ten- was kind of all yeah, over the place. Yeah, he was bad. He was good. He was iffy. The one shot overpowered him. He falls <laughs> he into the net. He blew him back into the net. Yeah, crazy, crazy. So the Oilers are down after losing 6-4. to four. They played like absolute shh, and they still almost won the game. How about... How about the German Gretzkys, they're calling him on Twitter? Leon Dreisaitl. They called him that during the, I think, broadcast yeah, last Leon night. Leon Dreisaitl. Do you see that second goal where he literally does yeah. the Har- Harlem Globetrotter off and back, banks yep. it off a of Brassois, who we can cut down Skinner, but the Oilers got no shots on the career backup. When they finally started getting shots, he made one real good save on McDavid where he kicked it out and one good blocker save on McDavid. But the Oilers got to pick up their skates, man. They're... Nugent Hopkins, Ryan not here. He's got to be hurt or sick or he lost his heart somewhere because he's been doing nothing. It seems like McDavid needs more shot opportunities. He has the puck. He has the 
Like he has possession a lot, yep. but he doesn't get the puck on goal enough. At least yesterday, it didn't seem like it. So but. I'm, I'm real. I bet a few people that the Oilers would win in five. So they need to sweep. Yeah, sweep them. Though. They need, need to sweep. That now. goal by Drysaddle, though, just calm, cool, collected, finesse off the back. Like, oh man, that what was a nice. stud! That's that's you liking that to taking a shot when Larry Bird and those guys would take shots behind the backboard. It would go over the top and in. Yeah, kind of the same thing. Only you're doing it off a moving object. That was outstanding. It got me thinking too. In a baseball game yesterday. I can't remember who it was, but I think it was a Tampa Bay player. Did you see him before he threw a guy out at first base? He like he tossed the ball in the air and then he grabbed it again just to show off. Then he threw him out. Well, the Padres guy Grisham, who's got a sweet stash in center field, yeah. he comes. He made it look like he got a slow start from center, and then he he like he wouldn't get to the ball. And then he so just the guy, sprinted. So the guy at first base was running to second base, think it was going to be a bloop single, and then he just sprinted in, caught the ball, and gunned him down at first for a <laughs> yeah, double that's play. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Let's That's go. Exactly. New era, 2023. There you go. Baseball is not boring. <laughs> NBA is. NBA. NBA. Anyway. Now it is. Buck's done. Yeah, when we come back, we'll hear from outgoing Regina High School Athletics Association Commissioner Aaron Anderson or something like that. This is the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brewhouse on 620 CKRM. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Oh, my God. Winnipeg signed Sergio Castillo, so he got cut by Edmonton. He signed by Winnipeg. They must have been under the cap. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're probably under the cap. Hey, they just oh yeah, oh yeah, they, got, oh, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. they have a yeah, lot of cap yeah. room. Over. Eight teams have to adhere a to a cap, and maybe one team doesn't. I don't know. Not them. Not them. Wait a minute, who was over the cap? Which team was over the most? Uh, I think it's uh, team. Um, it was the one that picked Blue Bombers. Oh, okay, good, good. Was that is that a, is that us speculating or? It's a fact. Oh, okay. I think it was like sixty-three thousand dollars. Sixty-four thousand. Sixty-four thousand. Almost sixty-five. Almost sixty-five. I got my facts. But wait, 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 wait. Castillo's going back to Winnipeg because I'll do the quote. I'll write the press release. He's going back to Winnipeg because he's always loved it there. They've got a great culture, and they'll give yeah. him some burger coupons. And he's going to be the bat boy for the Gold Eyes. Yeah, there you go. That's that's where he's making his. He's, just, where, he's on the Gold Eyes payroll. Yeah, that's, that's, what, what that's, that's what it is. That's what it is. is. That's what it Read is. the fine print. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, okay, let's get the, let's get to the uh, Western Read Pizza it. Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime, a great time to order Western Pizza. This guy's a Ryder fan. You got to admit, something's going on. What? Did, they can sign everybody and anybody. It's crazy. Winnipeg signs everybody just to make sure that they're going to be competitive every year. I know, but like, there's a salary cap, you know? Like, I, I don't know if people realize this. Well, you know what? They're probably going to go over it again this year, too, and they're probably going to end up in the Great Cup. No, they're not. They're too old. They're too old. They are too old. I predict right now the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are not in the Great Cup. They they might not even make the playoffs. Any Western team besides Winnipeg, I'll be happy. They'll make the playoffs, but I don't think they'll be in the Great Cup. That's my prediction. But, I mean, they've been in the last three. Okay, so let's uh, talk about you. You are done at the end of this year. Is this your last official thing, the track meet? Uh, no, we've got a few things left here, Ballsy. We've got uh, track running uh, all of May, and then Provincials winding up in Saskatoon June 2nd and 3rd, but we're also running our high school spring golf program, so cities at the Murray May 30th. So we've got a few events left, Badminton Regionals this weekend at Campbell, followed by Provincials in Unity next weekend. So our, our spring season's busy. It's condensed, but it's super busy. Nice. So um, how many years for you doing this job now? 
This is my fifth, fifth and final. Fifth and final year. So uh, what are you most proud of in your five years? That COVID thing, you maneuvered through that. You know, honestly, I look back on that and I kind of wonder how we did it, uh, as is the rest of society. Like, how did we manage? Uh, I was only uh, hired on a four-year contract. They extended me a fifth year, which I'm grateful for, to uh, our three school divisions in Regina. But, you know, just having to remake schedules and try and guess, and are we going to be able to do this? And you, you have to predict that you're going to and hope that you're going to. In the back of your mind, the reality finally was setting in, and it really took us about, uh, well, a year and a half to uh, get back into the swing of things, and we certainly are right now. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, it's, uh, you know, uh, you're, you're going to miss it. Are you into retirement now, or what are you going to do? I'm going to super miss this job. It's honestly the dream job. It's countless hours. It's behind-the-scenes work. But when you see the products go off and the kids, uh, you know, just loving sports, that's what it's all about. So uh, my retirement plans, I've got a few gigs lined up next year. Uh, One of them is I'll go back on the sub list for Regina Public Schools. I'm looking forward to that, getting back in the classroom and hanging out with some kids on a daily basis. Uh, I've got another kind of gig lined up with Hockey Regina. And uh, my wife's also a teacher, and she's retiring, so we plan to uh, just kind of hang out with one another a little more and do a few things around the house, do a little traveling, and uh, we'll we'll certainly have no problem eating up the time. Uh, And a comment on your replacement, Dwayne L., longtime teacher slash coach, and he's uh, most recently at Riffle. Yeah, Dwayne uh, L., a lot of years at uh, Miller and uh, Riffle, of course, Regina Ram. Uh, grad and uh, he's got a lot of football background. Did some work with the Thunder and coached there before uh, Scotty and Erwin Kleppner. Uh, so he's going to a uh, super organized guy. Looks like he's got a, a passion for high school sports, which is uh, what you want. Somebody that cares and is willing to do the work behind the scenes. So I'm really looking forward to uh, mentoring Dwayne in the fall. I'll be uh, with him for, uh, well, about four, four weeks. And uh, hopefully just hand over the reins, and I'm always a phone call away if he has any questions. And if he doesn't, that's okay, too. Well, thank you for taking our call all the time, and a great job, uh, Aaron. I'm sure we'll uh, cross paths down the road. We certainly will, and I really appreciate everything that CKRM does for high school sports. You and Zing are unbelievable, and uh, thanks for always inviting me on the show. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Aaron. Take care, man. Have yourself a a good day and enjoy the great weather out there at the track. When we come back, hopefully we're joined by Ben Hebert, who's been competing with the Botcherink over at the Coyote Tractor Championship, the wrap-up to the Pinty's Grand Slam curling. You're listening to the uh, Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 331 with the sports ticker. What do we got tonight? We got the Toronto Maple Leafs and Florida Panthers hitting the ice for game two. Leafs trying to tie the series at one before going down to South Beach. Seattle and Dallas game two also tonight. The Kraken up 1-0 in that series. The Toronto Blue Jays will try and avoid a sweep tonight in Boston. First pitch shortly after 4 o'clock. NBA tonight. LeBron James and Steph Curry. Lakers-Warriors game two. Lakers up in that series. It's time to pump you up. Get the latest in fitness and lifestyle tips with one of Canada's top fitness trainers, Tish Duffy. This is Train with Tish on the Sports Cage. 
So we're back with our sports cage trainer, our health and lifestyle expert, Tish Duffy. It's Train with Tish. We're loving this segment. And I want to talk about, now for me, it's not a big deal. I've always been kind of a smaller guy. I stay right around 165 to 170. Don't usually go much lower or higher. But too many people, I think, get carried away with that damn scale. I would agree with that, yeah. What are your tips instead of looking at the scale to kind of maybe track how you're doing? Because I think sometimes you're working out and you're doing all this and the scale is just not agreeing with your mentality of, of what you're doing. A hundred percent. I mean, you're basically, when you're on, when you're stepping on the scale, you're, you're weighing your water. You can fluctuate between zero and 10 pounds in, in a matter of 12 hours. So you're not going to actually be um, take or looking at your progress when you step on the scale. A better option would be to take progress pictures, take measurements, just make sure that you're taking the measurements in an accurate area and always in the same area to so make sure you get some help from the coach or someone who knows what they're doing that will give you accurate results. And then, of course, uh, how are your clothes fitting, most importantly? I, I, I talk about the no-lie jeans. So I have a pair of jeans that have no elastic in them. Um, and when I want to know exactly how I'm doing, I put those on. If they fit, I'm good. And if they feel a little tight, I know I need to just pick things up a bit. So how your clothes fitting is probably the easiest way to see how you're doing. With the way you described it, you probably need a little bit of help in terms of the measurement part, right? Because not everybody, a guy like me, would know what the heck I'm looking for in terms of measurements. Exactly. I mean, measurements definitely will require a specific coach that knows what they're doing. Um, you can do caliper tests, which are, are somewhat accurate, a little bit more, would give you a better idea of what you're, where you're at. Um, but when I used to take measurements with uh, just a measuring tape, you know, this is specific circumference about the quad that you want to take, and you just want to make sure that you're always consistent in the same areas. Otherwise, those numbers will be skewed. And again, it'll be just like the scales. You'd be giving you the wrong, uh, the wrong information uh, when you might be actually improving, but you may not be seeing that in the numbers if you don't test it properly. Now, this is a small little audio uh, tip session, but if you want to go deeper, you can check her out on all her social media pages at Train with Tish. Train with Tish, Tish Duffy. She's been in the business for over 30 years, helping herself and helping other people. Thanks for your time. My pleasure, Michael. Have an awesome day. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. All right, let's uh, talk a little curling now on the Sports Cage brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse this Thursday. Uh, they got a great new menu down there at the CBH. Go check it out. It's here with Ben Hebert's Curling Royalty. And uh, I'll tell you what. Let's be honest here, like football royalty. <laughs> I, I saw you tag. I saw you tag uh, a Bo Levi Mitchell, your buddy, on on the pass. Like you were at the stadium, and you just who'd you throw that to? Mark Kennedy. That was my Kennedy. Third, I man. thought that was Kennedy. He played junior ball in in Edmonton for the Huskies. He looked back like Fairholm. That was a great catch. Fade route in the corner. Well, how about great. you dropping in the bucket? I'm just let's. If everyone was curious, how many takes that took? It was one. One. I, I knew it was absolute dime. Thirty-three yard bomb. Over the shoulder, in stride. It was beautiful. Tell you what, it was if there beautiful. was a CFL, yeah. no line, 
no contact, just no pass coverage. Ske- pass Skelly, I don't know yeah. you can put coverage out there. Yeah. Mike Cannon is still very, oh, very had, legit. And he had like the Ben Roethlisberger hat backwards. Like you were looking cool. That's, that was a cool moment. Yeah, I love that. I didn't so, throw any passes out there. That's pretty nice down there. Uh, that's the nicest outdoor stadium in Canada. What a beautiful stadium, eh? Very awesome. Yeah, we, my cousin uh, Josh Shaw took us through the boys there from Edmonton, Calgary. Give me a little tour of the whole mosaic locker room. Everything the players see, man, it's pretty mm-hmm. special in there. And then we wheeled out to the turf through through a few bombs and got out of Dodge. It was sick. Yeah, it's beautiful, man. Yeah. Can't wait for the home opener against the Blue Bombers. Um, so I'm uh, I'm looking at the curling here. How's it been going over there at the, yeah. at the cooperators? It's going great. I'd like to, I would I'd say I'd come in and try to promote the event and give it a plug, but it's been almost sold out every game already. Yeah, it's been unreal. Regina's got uh, got really behind the event. It's been great for me. I've been seeing a million faces that I haven't seen that I knew in the curling world here mm-hmm. kind of growing up and uh, it's been great crowd support's been great uh, my guys were chirping me asking me if I was the mayor because uh, sounds like we're the home team out there getting a lot of roars which, is, awesome. which is awesome and we're 3-0 and yeah which is also very That's juicy also very good right play, play tonight at 8 o'clock and if we win we get uh, first place in our pool into the semis but we got a tough opponent tonight we play um, Bruce Mowat from Scotland mm-hmm. they're tough so we'll have to play good tonight but yeah it should be great it's going to be packed tonight too I heard it's almost sold out that's good. I it's good for curling for like your bottom line and and, and making money and stuff. But I, I I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm kind of a traditionalist. That once the Briar's done or the World Championships done for me, curling's done. Like I'm done watching it. I that's what I knew you were coming here. And then we had the draft coverage, and I kind of forgot about it. And then I'm like, holy cow! I gotta get the Hebes in here. We gotta hook up because it's the the Pinties, the the wrap up to the Grand Slam. So it's good for curling. But I just kind of for I kind of forget. It's tough to it's tough to not forget when it's 25 degrees outside and sun. Yeah, but we were saying the other day, it's sure nice is curling when you roll into the rink and flip flops. And so what Ryan Getzlaff always used to say about Anaheim, why he loved it so much, he's like, well, you can't go to the rink anywhere else and flip flops every single day. Well, that's what we talked about because Zinger and I did a show from the pool uh, in December. We went to a couple of Ducks games. We took listeners there, and would it be harder to like? Would it be easier to play in Edmonton or like Anaheim to keep your focus? Do you know what I mean? I'll I'll take I'll, I'll risk Anaheim and see what happens. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but it, I mean, hey, I, I get it. Football season's coming. Golf course is just open. It's beautiful. You see everyone walking around tans or in their summer gear. But you know what? It's our it's our last event of the season. It's our first year as a team. We're enjoying it. You know, we're gonna play hard and try to try to bring home another championship. And then you know what? We're back in the gym. We're golfing, doing family stuff for the rest of the summer. So. We're going to play hard here and see what happens. And, and, you know, a lot of people paid money to come watch us. We're going to put on a good show. And it's, and it's been a great crowd so far. How, how, uh, how's the ice been, like when it's hotter outside? Yeah, I think it poses a few challenges for the ice makers. I wouldn't say the ice is A+, plus, but you know what? They're doing their best, and we're pros, and we have to be able to adapt to anything. So we're going to, uh, we've been playing pretty well so far. My skipper has been playing great so far this week, so we'll see what happens. So for me, like I said, I'm a, I'm a traditionalist that way. But what about, like, for you? Do you love this uh, the circuit and getting out and doing all this stuff like this? I love playing in the big events. <laughs> we just had this chat actually with our team the other day about playing a few more events and whether it be the club events or whatever. And, you know, I'm like, you know, this year we only kind of really played the major events. And I said, there wasn't an event I went into that I wasn't mm. jacked, ready to play, feeling good, body fresh. I don't get, I mean, I like practicing because I still got a lot to work on to improve. Yeah. But I don't love. I don't love playing in curling clubs against, you know, knee slider teams on bad ice for for no money, no prize. But we still have a few of those that we have to play each year. So I have to ask the young guys to give me a little, you know, kick in the butt in those events to, to focus up. But playing in the Grand Slam events, playing in the Briar, World Championships, Olympic Trials, oh man, I just get butterflies even thinking about it. I can't wait. Love it. So help me out here, okay? This is no shot. You got your coach here, Paul? Paul Webster, yeah, our Paul, coach. Yeah. Okay, okay. So 
Now, you can you can dismiss what I'm saying or spin it the way you want. But when I watch curling, okay, I'm watching like the big events, the Briar, and the odd time they call a timeout, the coach comes out and he doesn't really or she doesn't really do anything. Like, they don't really say, you know what I mean? Like, like in football, it's like, okay, we're running a 43 defense. You know, they're calling the plays, and you're, you're watching the spring football, and you know there's a lot of interaction. What is the role of a curling coach? Because on game day, it seems like they're not really, there's nothing for them to do. Our coach has a big role. He, he helps us a ton, and I'm not saying that just because he's right here looking good. Okay, well, but, help, uh, set me straight. Cause well, well he, he wouldn't be our strategy necessarily, coach, but he might see the two shots and discuss pros and cons. You know, really good communicator, gives you things to talk about. Anytime there's issues or, or maybe poses problems between the four of you, it's just the four of us. We don't have GMs. We don't have owners. So, you know, sometimes yeah. the conversations are like, you know, if you're dropping the ball, it's hard for us as your three good buddies say, hey, you're dropping the damn ball. Okay. You know, so Paul facilitates a bunch of that for us. You know, he does a lot of, you know, he, he, he keeps us uh, accountable for the stuff that we say that we're going to do. We have non-negotiables on the team. This is how we're going to practice. This is how we're going to play. This is how we're going to game prep. And he makes sure we do every single one Do you one set that, or does he set that? We all as a team kind of set it, but he makes sure he holds us accountable to all of it. And if one of us gets off track, rather than the boys leaning over, and, you know, we try to keep ourselves accountable as well, and we have a great team for that. But, you know, we were in Toronto a couple weeks ago, and we kind of weren't great, didn't play great. Paul wasn't even going to come this week, and he said, nope, you guys were brutal. I'm coming to Regina, and we've been doing great since. So Paul brings a lot to our team. We're we're, we're lucky to have him. It's very. I'm glad you brought that up. That's a very interesting take because it's true. It's not like uh, it's not like the GM of the Botcher team's watching from high above the cooperators, going, "Okay, we got to move this Hebert guy out. He is just absolutely <laughs> not back checking. Like this guy is not sweeping. Like what is he doing? Yeah, no. Paul wouldn't be the one to to uh, you know build the team or, or cut players. Uh, or you know, but but we picked we handpicked Paul. We had the four of us uh, on a team, and then we said, who do we think would be the best coach for this team? And we snagged Paul. Paul was with Curling Canada for like twenty years, one of the best coaches in Canada, and mm-hmm. been to a bunch of Olympics. And we were like, we're enough. We, we didn't want to share him anymore because you, you coached like five teams. So we said, screw it, you're with us. Just have to pay him the big bucks to come on over. Are, are we are we sucking, or is the rest of the world catching up to us? Because we can't win on the international stage now. Like we're getting third, fourth. Like what's going on here? Yeah, third's good these days. I mean. Canada still has the deepest, the best program in all of the world. We have taught, we have six, seven really good teams on each side. These other world teams, they have one, and their one is really, really good. Like if we had a depth competition, like a, a Ryder Cup, Canada versus the rest of these countries, you know, we'd, we'd murder them. Uh, but they, their top teams are really, really good, and our top teams are really good too, but it's... Uh, it's pretty tough to win on the world stage these days with Sweden, Scotland, Switzerland. It's it's tough. So, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I. Um, it's no I, fun beating up on pink teams. That are no good. I don't get any pleasure. I don't get nothing out of that. No, like there's like even like the World Juniors. You know, they have like Norway in the tournament. Like, what is Norway doing in the tournament? Get them out of there. Let's have like a little relegation thing. Like a, uh, 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 you know, like um. <laughs> No, I'm serious. Like an appetizer before the big thing. Like I don't want to watch twelve nothing. Like they, well, you know, it's the best in the world. No, it's not the best in the world. You're, talking, not, you're, you're talking about hockey. Well, I'm talking about hockey, yeah. but even some curling crap. It's like you know what? Like you get nothing out of it. I I played junior football. I got nothing out of going to Calgary and being the Colts sixty-two to ten. Like yeah. I got nothing out of it. Yeah, it's it's part of it though. I think if there's if there's a business to it, you, hey, you know the you know the deal with the business. If there's a business to it and. To, to get the big nugget at the end of it, and you got to play all the top teams, and you got to sell out. If the sacrifice you have to make is you got to play a couple couple ankle burners or a couple knee sliders along the way, guess what? I'm in. 
because the, the ticket, the prize at the end of it is good enough that I can sacrifice it. But I'm just saying for me personally, yeah, I love playing the good teams. That's is your you coach say. lax then? Like, say you're playing, say you're playing this. We won't name names. Yeah, yeah. Say you're this really crappy team. Yeah. Do you go to Paul and say, "Listen, man, I'm mailing it in. We're doing like forty percent. <laughs> We're doing it forty percent here. Like, listen, if we win, listen, we might only win seven one. Don't get on my case. We could crush these guys. I, I'm saving it for a dean or whoever. You know, you know, not not this year because my two young guys, uh, Brennan Botcher and and uh, Brett Gallant, they're like just thirty, so they're still pretty keen on you know every single game getting into the mud. And I'm forty; I just turned forty. So with my older team, with like Cooey and Martin back in the day, mm-hmm. if we played a couple, you know, you know, maybe non-deserving teams. You know, we'd have to try hard because we might be a little bit hungover, but we don't do that anymore. <laughs> so now, nowadays, you know, you don't, we don't get off the hook with that. And you know what? Even the B teams these days, like I say, that aren't that good, mm. if you don't play, they're pretty good. Like, they could clip you. But if we're playing a real bad team, I mean, I would joke with the guys. They would just be, they did, I wouldn't even have to say anything because they know me. They'd be like, Benny. Keep your eyes on the sheet. <laughs> I kind of be one of them. They'd be like, "Hey, hey, over here, bud." You know, like, so it, it doesn't even really need to be said. My teammates know me. Inside so what you're telling out. me is Paul is your coach, and he's just there for the other guys. You got to keep you in line, right? That's that, is that it, kind of. No, I think the boys keep me in line. Paul's for the rest of the boys. Okay. So, yeah, hey, when good. we come back, you stay for one more segment because sure, we got yeah. a couple more things Let's to ask you. When we come back, Ben Heber talking some more curling and other stuff because he knows a lot about sports. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the show for Canadian Brew House. We got uh, Ben Heber here, Paul Webster, his uh, coach, talking a little bit of curling. Gets you into some other topics here, too. First off, should I be excited as a curling fan that the Scott guy came here to run the Curling Canada now, um, the Murdoch? Yeah, oh is yeah. He, is he? Is he? Dave Murdoch's a total. I know beauty. who he is. I, I I actually know who he is. But is that is that a good thing? Yeah, I think they hired the best person for the job. Yeah, I think Dave, uh, his resume and what he's done in the sport and his knowledge and the things he can bring to our program for high performance, mm-hmm. going to be a plus. I can't wait to start working with him. We had uh, Russ Howard on the show when I was gone. Zinger's interviewing him. I can't remember if I asked you this. I think I did, but let's reiterate it here. So. I, I I don't know how I feel about this. Okay, like Matt Dunstone. Leaves and now he's like Manitoba. I think he was he born in Manitoba. Yeah, he's from there. Born, but, in but Hope, he was he's playing for us all the time. Then he goes there, like you know. And now McEwen's coming to Saskatchewan. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I mean it's it's different when the skips because they're kind of the names, right? Normally the skips are the ones that stay in their home province and people come to them. Yeah. In those scenarios, the best teams didn't have skips and the skips didn't have teams. But I mean, Matt's born and raised in in Manitoba. So he was, you know, he's playing back there now, which yeah. is fine. He actually lives in BC. He like he never lived in Saskatchewan when he played here, anyways. Yeah, but he was the guy because he went to a couple of Briars from here. But yeah, I saw Mikey's coming here to play with Colton Flash's team. I mean, that'll give them a little bit of a spark. But uh, they're still dead. I, I don't see them being super dominant. They could they get heated up every now and again, but yeah. uh, they, they they have a good chance of winning Saskatchewan for sure. But. Uh, I'm not, I'm not. They're not high on my concern radar. That's there, for sure. That's good. I love that little trash talking curling. I love it. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm messing around. Just trying to be a little spice to the show off, here. Off, off, <laughs> off, off the air, he's a snowflake. Don't leave me anything controversial. Yeah, McEwen, whatever. He's okay, I guess. You know what? You could probably beat him ballsy, but he might win Saskatchewan if he that's gets right. lucky. Uh, <laughs> so, um, who you cheering for in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Oh, who am I cheering for? Like who? Who's gonna win it? Here's who I'm cheering for. I'm cheering for a Kraken Leafs final. 
because I'm good friends. Jordan Everly's my boy, lives in Calgary, I golf with him, and I'm tight with Gio. And I'd love to see the only chance I have to, to touch the Stanley Cup is if Ebbs wins or if Gio wins. Only chance. So selfishly, mm-hmm. I'm going Leafs, Kraken, and they both look really good, as a matter of fact. Love yeah. them both. Yeah. But I mean, it's hard for me not to want to see the Oilers do good too. I live in Alberta. My teammates live there. I got a few sponsors that have suites up in Edmonton. Real good chance I could wheel in one of those in the playoffs. McDavid is so nasty. How about Drysidle? It's oh, Drysidle's team right now. He's. Did you see that goal last night? I saw. I saw all four of them. That we was watched un- it. No, he, like, but that second goal. He, Off the back. It, was, it was like when yeah. an NBA guy shoots it over the backboard into yeah. the net. Like that was unbelievable. Yeah, as I'm saying, it's hard not to cheer the for the German Oilers Gretzky. too. So I, I like the Oilers because you know they're in Alberta. And I have a chance to go to a couple games, but I'd love to see my buddies win. I got a couple buddies on the Leafs and the Kraken. But Leafs, Oilers, Stanley Cup. That'd be sick. Oilers win to end the whole debate between be McDavid awesome. and and and. Uh, I don't think there's much of a Austin. debate. Anymore, well, but. people still like that. I'd love to just sweep the Leafs out now. Like, but Edmonton played like they were. You know, like yeah, it was a little like, like a little briar rat, patch, and then a little they, hockey last yeah, night, a little yeah, open, a little open. Yeah. You got to shut it down a little bit. Is, is McDavid not must see TV as an athlete? Like of anybody now playing sports, other than watching you sweep, <laughs> when you're walking by a TV, isn't he the guy? Like you tune in just to watch him play. It's funny you say that. So yes, he's incredible to watch. We went to a game about a month ago before the briar. We were up in Edmonton training, and we went to a game live. It's way more disgusting live. I know how is. good he is. Yeah, like every time he touches the puck, the crowd you just goes, oh, like you get a little buzz going. Man, he's crazy to watch. I love it. So when yes, you, it's hard when, not you're, to watch when you're playing minor hockey, you know, or you're watching your kids play hockey, and uh, that one kid's on the ice, yeah. it, the defenseman will skate with him and then turn backwards because he can't skate backwards. That's what NHL guys. That yeah, was Garth Murray for me growing up in Regina. Really, Garth Murray and, and Boyd Gordon. Every time we played against those two, I lived my... beside Boyd Gordon. Sure would drive. Yeah, yeah Boyd, right. I played against Boyd and Muzz forever, and man, they were. I was decent. Like I could get around a lot of lot of snipes in Regina mm-hmm. minor hockey for me growing up. But As... when those two touched the puck, good night, Irene. Bigger, well, bigger grease fire. Your Calgary Flames or the Winnipeg Jets? Two grease fires right there. Calgary Flames by a mile. You been reading the news? Oh yeah, look. But hey, new new, new GM, new coach. Guys seem like you know maybe come back a little little excited next mm. year. New arena, good buzz. Mm. Oil's over eighty bucks. Cal- Calgary's buzzing. <laughs> give give us a couple years here. I don't. You think I keep track of the Jets? I don't want to follow the Jets. Give me a break. <laughs> I don't know one thing about the Jets. Who's your NFL team? Steelers. Hell yeah, dumpster. Well, not a dumpster fire. Love Kenny Pickett. That division's just out of control now. Wow. Quarterbacks. Burrow. Yeah. Lamar. Deshaun, yeah, long as, he, long, as he, long as he doesn't get a massage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I saw him in Bahamas. Get me off the I, air. I, <laughs> no, I, I saw him. I, I actually saw him in the Bahamas, and he walked past me at the Atlantis Hotel. And I said, I said to my girlfriend, who is not a sports person, I said, "I'm just going to go with him where he, he needs a massage." And she's like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> she had no idea. So yeah, yeah, Deshaun Watson. I don't know, man. Yeah, they're uh, Burroughs. Okay, so you got to start a team. Okay. Okay. We've just signed. We had Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson just signed with the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Five years, two hundred schmill. Yeah, it's, th- like, it's like one hundred and thirty-eight million guaranteed. Yeah. What was that question I asked today? Lamar Jackson and who would who'd be as comparable? I forgot. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Patrick. Mahomes. No, no, not Patrick. Oh, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. It's not even close for me. Really? Who? L- Lamar. Oh my God. 
Have you watched Kyler Murray lately? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Watch, man. watch the game without twenty he needs beers. To be supervised. La- I don't Kyler. drink. I don't. I don't drink. <laughs> Lamar Jackson is a little bit more polished neon you don't drink? green. Are you? Are you? Are you nope. Not much. Not oh. much. Not not that I get. Well, I guess I mean you got to keep those biceps. Well, going. I got diabetes. Oh yeah, obviously. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of like today. This is a funny story. So I'm in the so I'm in the dentist chair today. Okay, and uh, the lady's commenting that I'm wearing. You look very spring because he got shorts on. I said, yeah, I don't have great legs. She goes, yeah, but at least you got legs. I said, yeah, my mom just lost hers in November. <laughs> wow. Straight to the darkness. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I was going to ask you this because you swear a lot. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> no, you do. Yeah. So I was going to ask you this. How old are your kids? Yet. How old are your kids? Nine and five. Okay, so don't swear in the air. But, I won't. But do your, like, do your kids repeat some of your language? Like, do you do that at home? Oh, I feel bad saying it because I am a good dad. I am an. Well, no, act, you're I am an active they're, dad. They're, listen, within they're a, great no, kids, you're wicked awesome, athletes. Hey, but I'll I tell swear, you what, I swear too. My kids have picked up a couple lingo faults of mine, and I now I will say when my kids were young, yeah, and like my buddies walk in and they would drop one. It's hilarious, and I can't not laugh. Yeah, because they're cute, and they, and they, mm-hmm. and then they say it in the right context. I'm like, man, mm-hmm. they've been paying attention. Mm-hmm. But my kids are pretty good. Like they ain't swearing at school. They ain't swearing around people. They don't like. They know mm-hmm. it's wrong. Mm-hmm. But at home, I gotta start laying it down a little bit because they they do swear. My wife gets mad at me. I giggle. Uh, but yeah, there they are. They're classic. I remember They're when my, my son, who's now twenty twenty one, five years old, we're driving and we forgot some sporting equipment. I think I forgot his like baseball helmet or something. He goes. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, when they swear. No, so I was wondering, because you swear, I wonder if it gets away at home sometimes. My kids, my teammate, anytime a, a team jams a double against us mm-hmm. or jams a run back, my teammate, Brett Conk, goes, oh, peanut butter and jam, yeah, right? Yeah. So we tell my daughter this, and yeah. we're at home now, and every time we're watching curling, if someone jams a double or a run back, yeah. my daughter says, peanut butter and jam. <laughs> and I'm like, they just pick up everything that you is, say. That is the best. So, hey, yeah. We got about uh, 90 seconds. Our, our rough ride. Is going to be better than those tiger cats. Oh man, you're gonna put me there. Yeah, yeah, you're a rider guy. I, so I mean, I, I am. I, 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 geez, you know, I don't really know. You need me to make a prediction. I, okay, so here, I think this. Here's what I, I think, think the riders are gonna do this year. Well, I think Edmonton still isn't gonna be great. I think Winnipeg's gonna be pretty good. I think the riders are gonna finish third in the West. Uh, yeah, I could see right now. I'll say Winnipeg, uh, although I don't think they'll get to the Grey Cup. I got Winnipeg, Calgary, Saskatchewan, BC, Edmonton in that order. I got Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, BC, Calgary, Edmonton. Jake Mayer ain't the guy. No, I know, but but who's quarterback in BC? We got Vernon Adams Jr. and Dane Evans. Got a tag team. Well, so, there. so they have two. Did they have one good one? Can they combine <laughs> those two? Does, story here. Does your buddy make it through the whole season healthy? Oh, I think so. Think oh, so? I, well, that's why I say the only reason I would the only reason I actually would lean Hamilton. It's not because my buddy's there. It's kind of because yeah. my buddy's there. Yeah. But they loaded up on a lot of big, high-priced talent to try to get to the Great Cup because it's at home. Yeah. And I feel like because they went full meal ticket, a little more pressure on them to play at home. So, so I would take them to finish. Well, I'll take them to finish. Uh, I think they're going to win the East. My dream. I think they're going to win the East. My dream Great Cup. Trevor Harris and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders against Dane Evans and the BC Lions in Hamilton and Bo Levi Mitchell broadcasting it on TSN. I can't wait well, for that you know, to happen. I'll tell you, that is not going to happen. That is not happening. You don't think so? The BC Lions. What, am I going to quarterback? You saw me slinging it yesterday on the turf. Come on. No, no. BC's that's, not making the great cup. That's my... And the crossover. 
They're, no. The answer is hell no. I love it. <laughs> hey, thanks for your time, man. Mikey, cheers. Buddy. Nice to meet you, buddy. Appreciate it, Paul. We'll have more of the sports cage after the 4 o'clock news on 620 CKRM. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Welcome back inside the cage. Thanks to Ben Hebert for joining us. Uh, I want to give a shout out to a couple nice people today. First off, Shelly Ireland, who was working on my teeth. She had to use a power sander to get the tartar off. But uh, great lady. I've never had a cavity in my 50 years on this earth. Not one cavity. I got great teeth. I've got deadly saliva, apparently. You don't drink enough Coca-Cola. You don't don't live the good life. (laughs) I'm diabetic. I can't. (laughs) Sucks being a diabetic. Can't enjoy anything. If you even look at a muffin, you got a blood sugar spike. I also want to give a shout out to John Ginoli, who runs the Soul Man. We were talking Rough Rider football today, so I want to give him a shout out, too. Speaking of good guys, let's get to this. Time now for Coast to Coast with Arash Madani, our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all from Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series Baseball, and everything in between. This is Coast to Coast with Arash Madani. Let's get right to it, Arash Madani. Thanks for joining us here in the show. Uh, this portion of the show brought to you by our good friends at Brian Golly. Smart investing solutions. Be smart with your money. Give Brian Golly a call. So, Let's go with this uh, rash. First off, welcome to the show, and uh, let's yes. another another betting issue. This time in college baseball. Do tell. Yeah. So at the University of Alabama, they have just fired their head coach for alleged improprieties when it comes to gambling on college baseball games, including allegedly an Alabama Crimson Tide game. Against LSU. I mean, Balls, you and I have spoken how often about the slippery slope. Mm-hmm. Now, allegedly, a coach offering in, like it was the state of Ohio that first took that game off the board a couple of days ago. And now, all of a sudden, the coach is out. And so that that's that's part of it from a gambling standpoint. I want to know what's going on in Tuscaloosa. Uh-huh. Over on the men's basketball program, one of their players is indicted in a murder investigation. Uh, the baseball coach has been fired for alleged gambling. Nick Saban is, is now the is now the Pope in Tuscaloosa. He can do <laughs> no wrong in yeah. Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Upstanding moral fiber. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, man. But hey, when you uh, when you wade into those waters, uh, sometimes the sharks are going to nip at your heels. So we'll find out uh, what happens there. And in the world of sports, betting's not going away. Um, pretty soon it'll be just like, okay, well at least he didn't bet on his, he didn't bet against his team. You know what I mean? <laughs> what What does this now mean for Pete Rose? Well, he's got to get in. I think he should have been in before, but he's got to get in. He has will to he get, get in. in in his lifetime, or will they wait until he dies and then get him into Cooperstown? Well, that'd be that embarrassing to me. The question that'd be embarrassing. Just like right. I think, just like I think, Bonds, McGuire, Sosa, they should all be in. Clemens, yeah. Like, listen, listen. Arash Madani, Michael Ball, Sean Kleisinger. We can take as much juice as we want, and we can yeah. stand in front of a home plate, and we still couldn't hit home runs. You still have to have talent to hit the home runs, and. Baseball had no problem with them doing that when they were doing it. So, no, I'm all for them getting in. I'm not into cheating, but I'm all for them getting in. So here's my take on this, Ballsy. 
um, because I've been lucky enough to go to Cooperstown and I've been to the Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield and down the street, the Hall of Fame. I've been in Canton, but I've been to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. What is a Hall of Fame? A Hall of Fame, yes, is a place of recognition of great athletes. But more than that, more than anything else, what every Hall of Fame is, is a museum. And a museum captures history. Like, if you're going to have a civil rights museum, you better do right by history and explain what happened. If you're going to have any kind of, you know, the the Smithsonian Space Museum in Washington, D.C., they're not going to ignore that Space Shuttle Challenger exploded. If this is a museum, and that's what Cooperstown is, that's what the National Baseball Hall of Fame is, have a steroid wing. Have a wing (laughs) of the drug era. Acknowledge what it was. Acknowledge what happened. That was at least 10 years, if not more, of dudes juicing. That's what it was. Why are you running away from history when your job as a museum is to tell people what had happened. Yeah, that's a very good point. Arash Madani from Sportsnet joining us here coast to coast tonight. Game two, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Florida Panthers. We want Florida. We want Florida. They got Flor- They got Florida. Florida beat them four to two. Matthew Kachuk, three assists. was looking good. Uh, what's the mood like there? It's not as panic-stricken as it was a couple of weeks ago when we were laughing at the Leafs when they lost, what was it, 7-3 in Game 1 to Tampa? No, because they achieved Um, what they needed. They won a round. That's it. It's over. Let's go golfing. But here's the difference. No, I wouldn't say that. I actually believe that now that they've gotten past that hump, you know, there are people around here say, you know what? Still have Matthews. Still have Nylander. Still have Marner. Still have Riley. Samsonov's okay. We still got a shot in the series. We still have Omai. You know, Omai is through Toronto. Win this one, split. You get one in Florida. Okay, we're right back there. There's. It's almost as if ballsy among a fan base. It's gone from panic and hysteria to okay. Well, like it's just a little bit of maturing among a Leaf fan base, which I never thought was even possible among the people who follow this team. Yeah, so if you're going to win, you got to get goaltending, goaltending, goaltending. I watched my Correct. team last night, the Oilers, and uh, Skinner wasn't good, then he was good, then he was kind of iffy. The Oilers didn't get enough at Brassois to really show that he's a career backup. When they picked it up, they tied the game, but they were just they were just atrocious yesterday. I think they'll still win that series. But it really does come down to goaltending if you're going to win. It really does. And look, Florida gave Bobrovsky a ton of money right when he left columbus and this is why this it's for this opportunity which i don't think many in miami and south florida thought was actually going to happen a second round playoff series or care even now or care even now oh at all but it's amazing what bringing matthew kachuk to town can do Mm -hmm. um but that 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 was the difference in game one Samsonov has ability now. Let's let's not forget that. So, I'm interested. I'm uh, game one is game one. I always wonder how guys respond. Like, is do you answer with with resolve or do you answer with resignation? We're about to find out. Yeah, for sure. Hey, CFL training camps. The weather's turned here. We're really pumped. We just covered the CFL draft on the radio. First time it's been done in the history of the CFL having the entire congratulations, draft. Congratulations, by the way. Yeah. Congratulations by the way, on doing that. It's nice that somebody um, 
gave it its its full run. Well, and I appreciate that. And, and part of the reason doing it, the main reason was to promote the kids. But part of the reason is when I call people out, at least you can say, hey, but we did this, so we can do that. Mm. But that's just the side thing. But we are pumped. It's, it's the official kickoff to the season. What's the one place you're intrigued, uh, you know, in terms of looking at how things will shake down? I'm very interested in Montreal, Baldy. Okay. You have a new owner. You have a local owner. Is this owner going to see the forest beyond the trees? Is this going to be an owner who's going to meddle? Is this an owner who's going to be a hothead? Is this an owner who, after four weeks, is going to demand change? Is this an owner who's going to put up with Cody Fajardo? Like, what are we going to get from Pierre Carl Pelado, who's full on, hands on there? I'm very intrigued. Everybody wants local ownership. I understand why. But are you going to get yourself Jerry Jones or are you going to get yourself Robert Kraft? That's that's what I'm intrigued about um, in the early part of this season, especially in Montreal under new ownership. I'm, as the voice of the Rough Riders, positive, having guarded optimism, as it were, after 6-12 and 12 year. I think Trevor Harris brings good leadership from what I've, you know, you know, he's a better quarterback. Uh, he's a better quarterback. Uh, I think a way better quarterback, and I think he is a great leader. Not nothing against Cody, but just what I see from Trevor, he's a great leader. Um, the offensive line is going to be a question mark, but the, that schedule they got to. If they're three and four after seven weeks, I'll be happy because uh, that sets them up. Sure. That sets them up. Uh, what about your thoughts on the Rough Riders? Well, here's what I think is most important for the Rough Riders right now. And people may roll their eyes and whatever because it's about what happens on the field. But for the first time in I don't know how long, the GM, his contract expires the same time as the head coaches. Everybody's butt is on the line. Everybody's head is Mm -hmm. on the line this season, probably all the way up to Craig Reynolds. If they succeed... All will be fine. If they don't succeed, all won't. And so I think for the first time, truly, truly, all three parties have to be in lockstep because they have to win now. It's not about the future. It's not about down the road. They're going to make decisions, Ballsy, for the better of the football team today, not the long term. And so I think when it comes to being aggressive, if you get a couple of injuries, let's go make a move or two. When you get close to the trade deadline, if you feel there's a piece or two that can help you, like Alex Hall in 2013, you go out and do it. Those are the things that I'm keeping my eye on, how aggressive the riders are going to be when they need to go get somebody in quick. Yeah, Arash, uh, just uh, we're we're against the clock, but I do want to tie this in and take you know take two minutes to answer this. Okay, who's going to take a bigger step back this year, the mm-hmm. Calgary Stampeders or the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? Who, by the way, somehow found money to sign Sergio Castillo today because he got. I'm I'm now I'm reading between the lines here, but I see. Actually, I got two more questions for you. Let's just do this first. Who's going to take? Let me just stop you right here. Yeah, what? I was told that last year the Bombers, for a mid-round pick around the deadline, could have gotten Castillo, and they didn't. And guess what happened, Ballsy? It cost them the Grey Cup. Yeah. So now, seven months later, they try and right the wrong. Go ahead. Okay, so who takes a bigger step back, Winnipeg or Calgary? I think the first half of the season, it's going to be Calgary. And I think the second half of the season, especially after Labor Day, it's going to be the Bombers. I think the Bombers are, a, are an older team. 
you can keep bringing the band back over and over again, but at some point, they're all they're, they're gonna, some of them are going to turn into a pumpkin. And I don't mean Zach. I mean the guy, maybe some of the guys blocking for Zach. I mean maybe some of those guys on the defensive line. If you look at the Blue Bombers on their championship run, and I include last year, they, 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 came yeah. forward, they got the Great Cup. They have had the benefit of incredible health. At some point, when you keep getting longer in the tooth, that's going to catch up with you. And I think towards the second half of the season, that's what's going to happen in Winnipeg. All right. Lastly, speaking of Winnipeg, speaking of Castile, I think Castile's not in Edmonton because they got to have a global on the roster, and they probably have decided that a kicker's going to be their guy. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers drafted in the global draft, the two-round, 20-minute draft, they drafted a 36-year-old punter. So that tells me two things. Number one, CFL personnel types are not taking this seriously. Or and Why num- should they? Why or, should they? Or and number two, 36-year-old punter tells me there's not a real depth of talent there, so it's time to cut bait. Well, there's no depth of talent. I don't know if you noticed, I think it was this morning or yesterday morning, another eight players were added to the NFL International Pathway Program. Balzi, the top international players in the world are going to the NFL, and they don't count towards the roster limits for NFL teams. Mm-hmm. So when you have you know, upwards of a handful of players available to each team, what's left to pick from? There's no depth. Huh, what? I, we'll never get this answer. How much has the global program... How much has been spent on it, and how much revenue has come in on it? Well, I'll tell you how much revenue. Zero. They, if they made money, they'd tell us. Yeah. Nothing. Anyway, we got to go. Thanks for your time, man. Have yourself a great weekend. Love talking to you, bro. Thanks, bud. Take yeah. care. That's Arash Madani for our friends at Smart Investing Solutions, our good buddy Brian Gully. When we come back, we'll get to some of your texts. We also got the seventh round pick of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Nick Thomas out of Manitoba, coming up after 4.30. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. Bouchard to McDavid to Dreisaitl. He shoots and scores! Taking a look near the net and banking it off. Brassois is Leon Dreisaitl. His second of the game has the Oilers back in it. Takes a look, Bouchard. Bouch bomb. Brassois the save rebound. It's a hat trick for Leon Dreisaitl. And this game is tied in the third. McDavid with Hyman driving to the net. Dreisaitl shoots. Scores! A four-goal game for Leon Dreisaitl has the Oilers within one in the third. And I know they lost the game, Ballsy, but it's not every day that, uh, you know, a guy scores four goals in one game. So Leon Dreisaitl is your sports cage clutch performer for Nick's service in Emerald Park. Your local Massey Ferguson, Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fan Dealer. Give them a call at 781 1077. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the sports cage. Right here on the mighty 620 CKRM.
Yeah, unfortunately, the Oilers torched that one. Four goals, and they didn't win the game. That might come back to bite him in the butt. Uh, second night in a row that happened, because Joe Pavelski had four for Dallas the game uh, the night before, and they lost 5-4 to Everly in the crack, and they're at it tonight. Also at it tonight, we've got a, a game between the, uh, the Leafs. Leafs and the Panthers. Any update on that Jays score? one Jays, nothing Boston. Boston. Are, what is it with that? They were dominating the Red Sox. They'd won nine straight against the Red Sox. They've now lost four games in a row. Back to the old times, I yeah. guess. They used to struggle mightily. I can't... Um, in Boston. You can't get too excited till no. probably uh, my uh, younger Victoria se- Day. Yeah, my younger self would mm. be, you know, all over the place. Now it's like, yeah. yeah. It's a marathon, baby. It's yeah. like it, it's equivalent to the Boston Marathon. Hey, you uh you are very mad at the Bucks and they fired their coach today. Yeah. Isn't Mike, that crazy? Mike Budenholzer is out the door as of oh, I don't know, like four PM Saskatchewan time. They won the they won the championship what a couple years ago? Yeah, for the first time in fifty years. And he's gone. Wow. And we had the best record in the NBA this year. Wow. And he's gone. And it's his fault that his, yeah, uh, his, fault, his fault that his center bruised his butt yeah. and didn't want to play. I don't know. Uh, you gotta admit that that's a little chink in the armor for Giannis. Oh yeah. yeah for me personally as yeah, like, like one as of a his, fan? Yeah, oh yeah. I'm gonna hold out against him. Yeah, that cost us the series. If if Giannis was in there every single game. We probably win the series, but he wasn't in there. Jimmy Butler took over the series. He yeah. was the best player every single game of the series. He was. So, yeah. game over. Giannis ruined it. So are the Oilers done, or are they going to come back no, against Vegas? They're, they're going to come back. Like, they played terrible. They and still should have won that game. They they play good in, like, spurts, but every time they would get back in the game, like, what yeah. was with that? They yeah. would come back and fall asleep. Yeah, come on. But they get two days off in Vegas. I they're, hope they're going to be in tr- hope, they're going to be in trouble if they go down 0-2, Though, let's be yeah, honest here. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, they got they got to get one in Vegas. Maybe the blades did it. Oh, enough blades talk. <laughs> We're done with that. They got swept team. out. Yeah, they're swept. Yeah, Man. yeah. Hey, got to give them credit though. They, that was a good little run yeah, for them. I guess whatever. Yeah, no one's so, writing storybooks about that. It's going to be what Ooh, we thought. They came of, back in a couple series and then they lost in the gonna, conference championship. It's going to be what we thought it would be: Winnipeg and Seattle. Hey, by the way, the Argos teasing a new uniform. They put out a little a snippet at uh, ten thirty our time this morning. Uh, something new is coming. We can't spill it just yet, but trust us when we say it's worth the wait. Then the video shows Chad Kelly and Sean. Oakman unzipping uh, equipment bags. Oakman can be seen saying, I didn't even know we had new jerseys, first of all. Followed by Kelly exclaiming, this is going to be sweet. So there you go. I like the Argos jerseys. I'm watching it right now. Yeah? Do they oh, show the jerseys? No. 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 They, they're doing the old tees. The old tees. Uh, hopefully, they don't, hopefully they don't ruin it. Well, let Zinger critique it, because Zinger knows everything about jerseys. Dr. Uni. Yeah. Hey, when we come back, he's going to be wearing a Rough Rider jersey. That's Nick Thomas going to training camp with the Riders, former Manitoba Bison. You're listening to the Sports Cage for the CBH, the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. 431 sports ticker. The Toronto Maple Leafs and Florida Panthers hit the ice for game number two tonight. Leafs trying to tie the series at one before going down to South Beach. Seattle and Dallas game two also tonight. The Kraken up 1-0 in that series. The Blue Jays trying to avoid a sweep tonight in Boston and that game is already underway and it looks like the Blue Jays down one to nothing, end of the first inning. And NBA tonight, LeBron James, Steph Curry back on the court. Lakers, Warriors, game two. The Lakers up in that series, 1 0. 
Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report, a look at what's happening in our three-down game. On Tuesday, with the third overall selection in the 2023 CFL Canadian College Draft, your Saskatchewan Rough Riders took Lake Corte Moore, a six foot five, 260 pound defensive lineman out of UBC. And Corte Moore is excited to join the Green and White. That's a great name, Lake Corte Moore. How many times have you been told that? Uh, a few times. A lot, a lot of people think it's Lake at first when I say it, but I uh, have to correct them and say it's like the body of water. So. Yeah, so how did you, how did the parents come up with that name? Uh, my uh, um, So Lake's actually my middle name. Um, Garnet's my first name, but uh, my mom really liked Lake, so she just started calling me my middle name Lake all the time, and uh, it, it came from uh, our cottage being on Lake Ontario. Nice. So you're a guy that, uh, like, you're in B.C. moving to Saskatchewan, but that's no big deal because you're Ottawa living in B.C. Talk about going cross-country. You're like the littlest hobo. You wouldn't know that because you're too young, but the old TV show, the dog would go from town to town and never have an owner. You're, like, all over the place. So no big deal for you to move to Saskatchewan. No, no, none at all. I can't wait. Um, I've been to... Regina a few times now. I, I took a visit there when I was uh, getting recruited as well. So um, I love the city. It's a great place. And, and uh, my uh, defensive line coach, Shamari Williams, is first overall pick there. So he's told me some great spots to go to and, and some amazing things to do there. So Yeah, and, and as far as Can West centers, how, how did you like coming to Regina to play as a UBC Thunderbird? You were part of upsetting the Rams this year. Thanks a lot in the playoffs. Really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that one. Um, but no, uh, I love it. Every time Every time we go to Regina, it's awesome. It's a great environment, an amazing um, stadium, amazing field. Um, and actually, I'm still undefeated there, so uh, I'm going to try and keep that going. Awesome, man. I know when Jeremy O'Day was addressing uh, the media after he made the selection and picked you third overall, he said, really like what I saw on tape from him, but really like seeing him in person. We happened to be at the stadium when he had a really great game. So that's kind of how it is, man. Uh, You never know when the eyes are on you, either uh, the eye in the sky or people with their own eyeballs doing the eyeball test. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So practice everything. You you just got to be yourself and you just gotta gotta work hard and no matter what people can always be watching you so what you go after it what'd you take in school student athlete what's the student part uh student part so i'm gonna have a, a major in sociology and a minor in education so do you want to be like a teacher or what do you want to do after football's done many years uh, down the road um we'll see uh, at the same time i i've been a full-time carpenter uh so that's something that that i like to do as well and may get into and I've looked at the route of uh, possibly becoming a firefighter as well, but um, yeah. If, if well, here's the thing: a Logan Furlan on the offensive line, he has his own uh, finishing and framing business. So maybe Logan can hire you in the off season. Maybe you two could team up, huh? a little rider team up yeah, there. For sure, no, I, I'd be willing to work and do anything. So versatility off the field, versatility on the field. Uh, Jeremy likes the fact that you're very athletic and he can play special teams. What's your best attribute? Uh, I would just say my relentless motor um, and discipline. 
I, I don't think I don't take bad penalties and I don't play um, recklessly in a way. So uh, I'm able to use my use my strength when I need to, and I'm able to use my speed when I need to. Today's CFL report is brought to you by Kevin's Marine. Make the most of summer with a boat or pontoon from Kevin's Marine in Fort Coppell. Check them out online at kevinsmarine.com. The Sports Cage is your locker room pass. We're talking Riders on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. All right, welcome back to the show. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. They got a new menu down there at the CBH. Go check it out. And lots of great sports to watch. NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball right now. Last word, Boston was leading Toronto 1-0. Got the NBA playoffs. Soon CFL football will be on there. And uh, right now, let's head out in the Western Pizza Hotline and talk to an up-and-coming CFLer. From the Manitoba Bisons, linebacker Nick Thomas, seventh round selection from your Rough Riders. Welcome to Rider Nation, Nick. Thank you, thank you, appreciate it. Uh, now, <laughs> as a Bison, did you like rolling in and playing in Regina in the nice stadium? Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful stadium, and you know, like I've had a great time every time I've been to Regina. So, you know, I'm excited. Uh, Nick, who's got a nicer stadium, IG Field in Winnipeg or uh, or uh, Mosaic Stadium here? Come on, Nick. Come on, well, Nick. <laughs> no, the Ryder Nation got a nice stadium there, so yeah, you know, it's, it's a little bit newer as well, and yeah, you know they're they're both good stadiums, but. Uh, yeah, they're good stadiums. Yeah. You're right. You're right. They're both good stadiums. Yeah. Absolutely. But I will tell you, looks like they slapped theirs together. We took a lot of time and effort in putting ours together so that we can attract the likes of Nick Thomas to our town. Have you actually, you've never probably been in the locker room and stuff, right? Never. never. Oh, you're going to get pictures. And I know it's really nice. I know they got a barbershop in there. So Yeah. Who cuts your hair now, Nick? I cut my own hair. Are you serious? Yeah. So you just what? Are you are you bald? Like are you bald? Do you shave it right down to the wood or what? No, I got a nice like mid fade going on. I got a you know been practicing. How did you? A couple how, months now. How'd you do that? Like what do you? How do you do that, man? I'd I'd absolutely screw it up and have to cut it all off. <laughs> I just use like the the folding mirrors and like a little mini mirror to like see the back but yeah it's pretty it's pretty easy it's pretty routine for me now but uh. so so when did you uh when did you decide to cut uh cut your own hair is it because you're a broke-ass college student or was it because just one day you decided to cut your hair something like that something like that i just got like even the prices kept on rising here you know the, the inflation <laughs> That's what it is, right? <laughs> I love it. And you're fru- hey, frugality is the key in the CFL. It stands for cash flow low. That's always my joke. CFL, not Canadian Football League, cash flow low, although the money's getting better. Um, were you sh- uh, shocked to be drafted by the Rough Riders? Um, I wasn't shocked. I was shocked like, that, like, you know, I, that I got drafted in general. But, you know, I was talking, I was talking with them, like, a little bit here and there. And so I know that I knew they had some interest and, you know, and I think that they they took a shot on me, and they think I'm a good football player, and you know, I just got to go and you know make this football team now. So, why were they right? Why are you a good football player? Tell us in Nick Thomas's words why you're a good football player. Yeah, the I think like I got good closing speed. They they can see like I'm athletic, and you know can can play fast, and you know that's what you got to do in the CFL. You got to work hard and play fast, and I think they just believe that I can that, that I can do that, and they they seen it on film, and that's why they took me. 
Do you have to be tougher to play football or rugby? Because that was your first sport. Rugby was your first sport. Yep. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's like football is more like short, fast pace, where rugby is like it's like almost like a longer kind of game. You know, like setting up the rucks and mm-hmm. and whatnot. You know, but it's nice to play offense in rugby for sure. So, what's the you know? wor- what's the worst injury you had in rugby, Nick Thomas? Uh, I kind of had like a stinger on my shoulder. I didn't really get hurt that much in rugby, so okay. I, mean, I don't know if it's because I was younger. or the oh. rugby safer, but um, yeah, I didn't really get I didn't really get injured. Nothing really took me out of play. So what about uh, what about fo- uh, football? Worst injury so far, Nick? Well, I'm coming off. I don't know if you know this, but I'm coming off uh, like a Liz Frank injury. Yeah, in, uh, 2022. So mm-hmm. that that one's up there. That's probably my <laughs> that's probably my worst injury that I've had. But uh, <laughs> I'm all healthy now and I'm ready to compete. I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because uh, up until about. Uh, well, till last year when Nathan Rourke hurt himself uh, here on the field with against the Rough Riders, I didn't I didn't even know what the hell a Liz Frank injury was. Now it seems like everybody's getting a Liz Frank. How did you? How did you? Uh, I hate that name, by the way, Liz. I like Frank. Frank was my old Ram coach. <laughs> but how did you get your Liz Frank injury? What happened? Yeah, it was in the University of Alberta, uh, second second week of the season, and I was just dropping back into uh, coverage. It was. A screenplay, and then I seen the O line kind of come down the field, and so I just planted, and I felt a little pop in my foot, and they said it was Liz Frank. <laughs> so, uh, how painful was it, and how how tough is the re- rehab? Yeah, it was. Um, it was pre- that that first night was pretty painful, but uh, it got like after a week or so, I had to wait a little bit to get my uh, second X rays, like my weight bearing X rays, but like I was able to actually like walk on it, like after like. A uh, week or so, but mm. it's pretty painful. Um, and the the process has just been like a lot of patience. Like the first like couple months, I was non weight bearing for a couple months, and uh, like after that, it was like I had to, and then I had to wait another like I was I started like running, like jogging around, and like you know started getting more of my feet squatting, power cleaning, and then uh, I got the screws removed in February. It's amazing. Well, I'm glad you're on the road to recovery and ready for training camp, uh, Nick. It's it's funny how life works. You you're a rugby guy. You got into football late. You you were in a foster home, bounce around the foster system a bit. Uh, so you've been through adversity, man. You you know what it's like to to, to overcome adversity. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. Talk talk about getting into football late. How did you? When did you get into football? And how did you get into football? Yeah, so um, my friend actually, like who I played, like like one of my best friends to this day, still um, in grade twelve. He's like he asked me, he's like, "Hey, like you want to play football? Like you know you're a beast at rugby. Like you know like you need to try out football. Like trust me, you're gonna be a good player." And I was like, "Ah, like I don't know." And he's like, "Like I didn't have a car at that time. He had a car, and he's like, 'Yo, I'll drive you to every single practice. Like I don't care what it takes, but like you know I'm gonna I'm gonna get you there." <laughs> And so, you know, I just, I said, okay. And then I had my first uh, tryout with the Langley Rams. And that first practice, I like, I came and hit a kid pretty hard. And it was there, ended up being their like star running back. And like, everyone's like, whoa. <laughs> and then that was it. 
How did you? So 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 you're in BC. How do you? And I know Brian Doby of the Bison's pretty well, and I know he likes to recruit out in BC. That's something he's always done. How did you end up? Uh, how did you end up going to Manitoba? And how influential and instrumental has Brian Doby uh, been to get you to where you are right now? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that first season I didn't have a highlight tape, but that second season, like after I graduated and played a year community, my tape was really good, and. Um, I sent it to him or he saw it somewhere and um, he's like, wow, like, this is amazing. Like, you know, like you're a very good tackle, like a tackler. I could tell you're a very raw player, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, I'm talking to like a UBC in Alberta a little bit, my couple other people, like junior teams and whatnot. But I like, I need to upgrade some of my uh, schooling to get into school Mm -hmm. pretty much for like any school. And, uh, Coach Obi was just there, you know, he's checking in on me, but every couple of days and, you know, like I needed that push at that time to like, you know, I kind of need someone to like guide me throughout there. Like, I don't know if you know, but like me and my sister were like, we're living with each other like by ourselves since grade 10. And so like, you know, I needed that push. I need someone to tell me, Hey, are you doing your school? You know, are you like, are you lifting? Are you, you know, getting, are you going to get eligible? So Man, that's a that's crazy, man. Since you were since you were how old? Did you say grade ten? Living by yourself? Yeah, me and my sister got a. We went to independent living. And we're living in a basement suite. <laughs> what what kind of challenges does that bring, man? I thought, I think it was it was very challenging, but it was fun to me at the time, you know. But like, obviously, learned a lot about life and how, like, you know, like laundry, like bills. All that, all that kind of stuff, you know, like that comes with just like with living by yourself and being independent. I, so I you, learned a lot, and yeah, yes, yeah, so you and your sister are pretty tight, I, I assume. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, well, really, trying to make a football team is it's a big deal, but it's not that big de- uh, big a deal for a guy like you. That you come in already trying scraping and clawing through life, so uh, being a seventh round pick shouldn't matter that much to Nick Thomas. No, I just I just need that opportunity, and you know I got it. So it's gotta gotta go hard, gotta work hard, and compete. How do you feel about like you you BC, but then you've spent time in Manitoba? We hate the Blue Bombers. Like we don't like Winnipeg. Okay, so how does it feel about? I like you. You're in Winnipeg, but we don't like Winnipeg. Okay, how does it feel coming behind enemy lines now and maybe putting on a green and white jersey? No, I feel the same way. That like I was just driving up to the stadium today, and I was getting mad at. <laughs> I was getting mad. So yeah, uh, I love it. To the, to the Bomber Stadium, and I was just like, Cause we should be shared the same locker room. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so I'm on, I'm on the same page with you too. That's awesome, man. Well, how does it? I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you go. But how does it make you feel? When Brian Doby says you're one of the best players he's ever coached, and he has coached a lot of players at Manitoba, been a very successful coach. When he said you're one of the best players and people he's ever coached, how does that make you feel? I feel honored. Um, there's been a lot of good football players in our program that I've played with, like Brock Allenlock, you know, Marcel, and a lot of others that I can name, and a lot of alumni like Dave Onimata. Uh, like Evan Gill, like a, a lot of those guys, you know, and that's it's an honor that he thinks I'm, a, you know, I'm up to par with them, and 
you know, and as a person as well. So, well, I tell you what, of all the draft picks, I know you because we've talked before. Of all the draft picks that I saw, besides Jackson Ford, who I have a, uh, a relationship and friendship with, I looked at this and said, "This, we got Nick Thomas. This is going to be great. This guy isn't like a seventh round pick. He's going to come in and bring a little moxie and bring a good story." And we just heard that here. So, can't wait to see you in Saskatoon, man. Uh, we'll talk to you very soon. Okay. Thanks, man. All right, that's Nick Thomas, seventh-round pick out of the Manitoba Bison. What a great story, man. Seems like a great young man. That's what the Riders wanted. They wanted to build that character in the locker room, and they're doing it with their draft picks. When we come back, we'll hear from Brian Raymond out at Flowing Springs. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. If Zinger could drive, he would be in a Camaro with the top off, listening to this, whipping down Albert Street. Hey? Do you like my movements? I love how you're doing that. Yeah. When's the last time you drove, actually? None of your none of your business, man. Oh. No, just kidding. Uh, Long time ago. I drove home from Brandon, Manitoba once. I was going to ask you a question. Like, this is a true question. This It's a life thing before we get to Brian Raymond. You, um... You have multiple sclerosis, and if you don't get a ride, you got to catch the bus. Like a lot of time after the show, if I don't drive you home or your dad doesn't come pick you up or your wife, you got to uh, take the bus. Do you ever, like, does that, bo- like, not bother you, but like, does that, it must have been kind of a shock to you to lose some of your independence that way, right? Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Crazy. You got, and you got a smile on your face. Hey, man, I'm just looking forward to having some Western pizza uh, <laughs> leftovers. I still got that one from after draft night. I love you, Brian. I've been thinking about it for a while. Let's talk you. golf now. Oh, I, I love think. you. Let's go to Brian Raymond. Let's go to Brian Raymond. <laughs> I got I'll, nothing more to say. Well, no, I just, I, I admire you, man, because you, uh, <laughs> you do grind here and like you run to get to the bus and you are, uh, you are. Uh, That's because I got this yeah, right here. And you are ripped. See that bus? By the way, hide away to Hockle. I know, but you're looking good, man. Thanks. Hide away. That was your right arm. Arm, passing arm. Yeah, it is. Wade Hockle, the old, the old uh, principal <laughs> at Riffle High School, he uh, sent a tweet in, and he had said, hey, a couple of old Riffle quarterbacks talking, you and Ben Hebert. Yeah. It's cool, man. Didn't cross my mind either that he was, uh, I wonder, yeah, what year would have he... Uh, well, he's 40, so... So he you graduated. His graduating you, class would have been the year two thousand. Yeah, I was so twenty ten. Yeah, you were twenty ten. Yeah, yeah, ninety nine, two thousand, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. I'm a math major. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go out on the Western Pizza Hotline. Say hi to our friend at Flowing Springs, Brian Raymond. Brian, are my Oilers in trouble? Well, it's only one game. Come on. I know, but they look bad. They didn't look very good. You're right, except for Dreisaitl. He looked fantastic. Oh, how about you're a hockey guy? How about that goal off the goalie's back? Like, and so patient with it. You know, you know what? I it, that was an amazing goal. Except that I probably saw a young fella do that for the Regina Pats about 15 times this year. Yeah, no, I know, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It's a little different when it's at the NHL level. What do you think of uh, the the draft lottery? Is Monday, I believe, yep. the eighth. Uh, where's Bedard going? I would say he's probably going to go to. I, you, going by the percentages, he's going to Anaheim. Yeah, somebody, I'd love him to go to Montreal. Somebody said on a on the ESPN broadcast that they think he's going to Montreal. 
Well, that would be that would be amazing. Well, I think that somebody was PK Subban. That's hilarious. Yeah, no wonder he'd say that. Uh, <laughs> very, very interesting. Um, you also are a boxing referee. Yes. I how am. long you been doing that for? Um, about eight years. And how did you get into that? You know what? I never boxed. Most of my uh, fisticuffs were on the ice. But, um, you know, I did that announcing for the Ken Goff Boxing Classic for 25 years, and I got to meet some wonderful people involved in boxing, most of them officials. And uh, when I wasn't scouting anymore, I thought, you know, this might be something really interesting to do. So I took a course, and uh, I've been hopefully steadily improving since then. Awesome, man. Okay, can we get lessons out at Flowing Springs before we hit the course, uh, speaking of uh, courses? Yes, we can. The driving range is open now, and we're going to start doing lessons probably in the next week or 10 days. The golf course is probably going to open late next week. And, uh, yes, absolutely, we're, we're starting to set up lessons right now. And uh, as another issue, too, uh, Michael, is we're also looking for staff. We're looking for people who are maybe a little bit older, maybe retired, and want something to do for two or three days. We need some, uh, some people to ride a, a moor and, and cut some grass. And as I say, they don't have, it's not a full-time job. They just come out and work a few days a week. Uh, and uh, some people in the clubhouse, and we need marshals. So if anybody's interested and needs a job or wants a job or is looking for something to do in a nice area, uh, fresh air, Give us a call. Man, Cut an older guy cutting grass, you really can yell at people to stay off your lawn, can't yeah, you? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. And uh, by the way, speaking of the course, how did it winter? It looks really good. The, the, the issue that we're having is that all that snow we got uh, about a week and a half or so ago, uh, it's, it's very wet in a lot of places, so it's, we're reluctant to sort of let carts out and, you know, mm. just yet. Yeah. So, and the maintenance staff are working their butts off right now, getting everything ready to go. We want it to be good. Good when we open, so mm-hmm. um, that's why it's going to be late next week. Well, in the interim, you can go out and uh, whack the ball around on the driving range. You got different pricing there, and uh, it's a natural driving range. You're not doing it off a pad, so make sure you go do that. It's going to be great. And like uh, Brian said, if you want a job, uh, that you can do worse than spending a day. A bad day at work is. Uh, you know, a bad day on the golf course is better than a, a good day at work, so combine the two and have a good day on the golf course and a good day at work. How do they get a hold of you, Brian? All you have to do is give us a call at 543-5050. Of course, that's 306-543-5050, and you can contact us online at flowingspringsgolf.com. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Take care. All righty. You too. That's Brian Raymond out at Flowing Springs. Boxing ref, hockey scout. Golfer extraordinaire. There you go. We'll be back with more of the sports cage in a moment. Versatility. Like you, Singer. Versatility. Like Versatility. you. Like you. Say that ten times. Versatility. Fast. Versatility. Did you say fertility? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> draft show and everything going on in the world of sports. We are going to do it today. It is Where Are They Now Wednesday on Thursday. So I don't know. Do we call it Throwback Thursday? Whatever we're calling it today, it's brought to you by our friends at Floor Coverings International. Need new floors? Let Floor Coverings International bring their mobile showroom to you. Visit their website for your free consultation. And with the draft just concluding in the CFL on Tuesday, we thought we'd go back in time and catch up with Chris Bauman from Brandon, Manitoba, former U of R Ram receiver who went first overall to the Hamilton Tiger Cats back in 2007. It was a whirlwind day. It was They flew me out that morning, um, and it was... I mean, I went all the way downtown to the CFL headquarters, and this was before all those, the draft shows and everything. So it was, it was fun. It was a busy day, and um, it's something I'll never, never forget. Did you did you anticipate going number one? Did you have a did you have a clue that you were going to go number one? 
Not at all. I thought I was going number two or three. Um, I heard that Edmonton was going to take Warren Keane, the kicker, and they ended up doing that. I thought I was going to number three uh, to Calgary. I hadn't even talked to to Hamilton, so it was kind of a surprise. So, just uh, just your thoughts on being the number one pick? How much pressure comes with that? Uh, you know, going into it's not like the NFL, obviously, but uh, when a team spends a number one on you, first overall, they expect big things. Yeah, for sure. It was it was a lot of pressure. Um, something I don't think a lot of people realize. Uh, it would have been nice, kind of being an undrafted, even or, or lower round, where there's not too many expectations. You can go and learn. Um, but a big, I think the biggest thing was it was a big uh, regime change in Hamilton, and there's a lot of pressure on everybody. And um, it was just, and they got rid of all their all their veteran receivers, so there wasn't much to learn from. Mm-hmm. It was kind of just learn as you go, and being a rookie, that's kind of not what you want. But it worked out. Everything I enjoyed all my time, and I have no regrets. Were you happy? With, yeah. So that was my next question. Were you pretty satisfied with your CFL career, all in all? Yeah, I mean, who gets to play a game for a living, right? Um, so at the end of the day, I'm happy with everything. Yeah, I wish things, some things would have went different, but uh, I look back on it with, with fond memories. You got a great cup ring, if I'm not mistaken, right? I do, yeah, with Calgary in 14. Yeah, at the end of your career. So at least you, a lot of guys play this game, Chris Bauman, and they don't get a great cup ring. What's more important to you, the ring or the fact your name goes on a trophy? I've asked a lot of guys this. Ring. Who carries around the trophy all the time? I got that ring in my basement, so um, it'll always be with me. And um, Obviously, it'd be nice to be on the the trophy, but um, that ring's a a beautiful thing to have. Did you sports or CIS when you played, were you you ready to jump in and play right away? Or would you have liked to, like you said, have a couple of of years to learn from somebody and then come in? Um, I don't think I was ready physically. Um, I wasn't a big gym rat, um, so it took me my first year to really learn. Like these guys are way bigger and stronger, and that's something I worked on in my my first off season. But um, there's aspects of it where I jumped right in, but and I, and they they kind of hid me out at at the wide out, the wide side wide out where you don't get much action out there. So it's, you can kind of hide out there for a little bit, but uh, once you get moved in the slot, it's, it's a different game. Yeah. Did, did you find, cause I talked to Dan Farthing, uh, you know, back when he was a first overall pick with the Rough Riders came in here, he had some veterans that he was behind like a Farrowman and Elgard. So he didn't have to jump in right away, but uh, he, he talked about how he'd make a move at the, at the U sports level. He'd be wide open. He'd come back. He'd come into practice. He'd be making moves against pac 12 guys and he's not over. <laughs> open anymore he's like this is a different ball game did you find that 100 percent. like there's um I, I can't even remember all the names but we had some dbs that were played at florida state were first second round picks in the nfl like it's those guys their makeup speed is on a different level so you you beat them but they'd be right there so it, it, you had to learn how to catch in traffic and you didn't have that separation that you had in university. It was it was a totally different game that way. That's Chris Bauman. Where are they now? I thought it was appropriate to run it after uh, we had the draft show here uh, this past Tuesday. He was the first overall selection at the Hamilton Tiger Cats in 2007. Coming out of receiver U, the University of Regina. We'll be back with more of the Sports Cage in a moment on 620 CKRM. 
5.33 with the sports ticker for Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. The Toronto Maple Leafs, Florida Panthers, game two tonight, and uh, the game is well underway. And look at this, the Toronto Maple Leafs with a 2 to nothing lead right now. Alexander Kierfoot and Ryan O'Reilly with goals for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I don't sound like I'm impressed because I'm a Habs fan. I don't want the Maple Leafs to win, so there you have it. Later on tonight, the Seattle Kraken take on the Dallas Stars in Game 2 of that series. Of course, the Kraken with an overtime win in Game 1. They are up in that series. One game. And uh, Toronto Blue Jays huh, down 7-1 to one now. Bottom of the fourth. Bright spot for the Jays. Vladdy Guerrero Jr. with a home run. Let's head ringside and check in with the oldest major junior hockey team in Canada. This is Pat Chat from your official voice of the Regina Pats, 620 CKRM. Well, today on Pat Chat, we focus in on the former Pats in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And Florida's in Toronto tonight. Josh Maher on the blue line for the Panthers. They're up one game to none. Jordan Everly is on the road again in Dallas tonight as Seattle Kraken stole a 5-4 overtime victory away from the Dallas Stars on home ice despite four goals from Joe Pavelski of the Stars. Jordan Everly did have a goal in one helper. He talks about that playoff marker. Yeah, I'm Find different ways to score as you get older. Uh, <laughs> you know, won a face off and just went to the net and uh, lucky enough to go off my stick. So uh, it was a wild game. Obviously, we we gave up the first one. We we didn't do that all first series. We we scored first in every game and then and then we came back and fought our way. They get one and then we we got a couple more and then obviously fought all the way to the end and, and found a way to do it in overtime. Not going to lie to you, a little higher scoring than I expected it to be at five four between these two teams. Yeah, I mean, playoffs is always, it's, it can be, I've been in games where it's been obviously really tight, games where it's been a little looser. So, um, yeah, I don't know whether it's a deal of teams just feeling each other out or, or what it was, but, um, you know, obviously we, we have a lot of firepower. We're, we're, we're known to score a lot, especially five and five, and I know they do too. So, um, you know, you, you always got to find different ways to win, whether it's 2 1, like in game seven, or, um, or, or, or be able to put the puck in a little bit in the net a few, uh, a little more than we would hopefully need to. But um, yeah, I think we we definitely have a team that we can we can do it both ways. And last night in Vegas at the Fortress, the Vegas Golden Knights beat the Edmonton Oilers despite four goals from Leon Drysital. How about that? Back to back nights in the playoffs. The guy on the losing team scores four goals in a game. Anyway, Chandler Stevenson, the former Pat, was a catalyst for the Vegas Golden Knights once again on offense as he scored his team-leading fifth goal of the playoffs. Pat Chat's brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Simply Spike Lemonade is new to the CBH with four bold, full-flavored fizzy choices for you to enjoy. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Show is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Great uh, new menu at the Canadian Brew House. You can watch lots of sports down there, like the Leafs beating Florida 2-0, trying to get back in their series at a game apiece. Blue Jays, just horrible, horrible time in Boston. Vladdy Guerrero has a homer, but they're down 7-1. What, what innings Brutal. that in? What innings that in? I don't even want to know. It's Should bottom be, of the fourth. Yeah, bottom of the fourth inning, so plenty of time to get 
slaughtered some more. Well, it's more's coming. The Red yeah. Sox have two on, one out. Oh. So Peter Klima passing away at the age of 58, known for the uh, triple overtime goal in 1990 in Game 1 for the Edmonton Oilers after he had sat on the bench for um, about the midway point of the third period. Said he, he worked as a door operator. He worked the gate. Mark Messier kept coming over to him, telling him to be ready. He's like, yeah, whatever. Um, and, and his joke was, it's a it's a long way to uh, it's a long way. You gotta have a long stick to score from the bench. But then Muckler threw him out on the ice, and this happened. And what a win this has got to be for the Edmonton Oilers. That's what Bob Cole would say. Uh, it was a pass from Curry. Curry had um, Klima there and Mac T, Craig McTavish. I think he made the right choice, dropping it over to Klima, beats Andy Moog, and they'd go on to win, and they win that series, their last Stanley Cup. So. Do you remember watching that game yep. on the old CBC, Tube. CBC. That's right. It was a Bob Cole and Harry Neal on the I miss call. Bob Cole, man. He yeah, was he good. was good. Yeah, yeah. Cross the blue line. Here we go the other way. He would. Uh, he <laughs> I would, love how it was like. Hey, hey. He would, he, towards the end, Bob. Uh, Bob's a legend. Bob used to be a curler too. Uh, went to the Briar, um, but Bob was. Um, Towards the end, Bob uh, relied on just the guys he knew. Like, for instance, he'd go, and he'd make obvious statements. Like, he'd go, I remember listening to the, what was it, the 2004 Stanley Cup Final Calgary in Tampa? Mm-hmm. Tampa! Winning! 2-1! <laughs> Five minutes to go! Calgary knows! They gotta go! There's no tomorrow! <laughs> Robin Regeer, he's big. That's what he'd say. He's That's big. his style. And then he, then he, Le Cavalier in there, still in there fighting for it. <laughs> that's what he do. Whoa, baby! Hey, uh, sometimes that's all you need. What yeah. more do you need? Yeah, Sit no, back I, and watching. I, I loved it. I love it. <laughs> there's a new kid. There's, a, there's new kids on the block. Yeah, the Edmonton Oilers by name. That's what he'd say back in '84 when they won the cup. I love Bob Cole. He used used to do the game with his pants undone. Wow! He'd undo the top button of his pants. He needs to be comfortable, man. Well, that's what you need to do. You need I, I do the I do the show here with my Manford Jonak. He used to be the old uh, a news director here, and uh, God rest his soul, he has since passed away. He was also on TV. Did you know he used to do the show? He anchored the desk, and he had no pants on. Wow, I don't know if I pantsless. To know that. Pantsless. Huh. That's weird. No, I don't know it? if he wore like huh. gym shorts, but he didn't wear pants. Hopefully some kind of undergarment. I'm that's hoping. what I was told. That's well, yeah, he wasn't oh, naked. Oh, that's what, yeah. Hey, you never know if you're gonna. Go, that's what he told me. If you're once. gonna go that far not to wear pants. That's who's what to he say told, that? That's what he told wear... me once. Hey, man, man for Jonak, what a great broadcaster he was. Although the Red Sox scored again. Okay, okay, it's eight to one now. <laughs> could be worse. Could be an Oakland Athletics fan. Did you tell me they had like two thousand fans of their game? Yeah, they had two thousand fans. That was the paid attendance. Okay, but, uh, okay, yeah, but yeah, yeah, there's yeah. probably like two hundred people. Yeah, they have six wins this year. The Oakland A's have six wins. They're six and twenty-six. They should move to Vegas tomorrow. Well, they're a Triple A team. They might as well go play at the Vegas Triple A Stadium. Like they already, they should, man. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. They have nice uh, unis, though. So we did this the other day. So uh, who else? Kate, Kate, 
Who's got some other bad... Uh, you know the other thing, too? Somebody had an article out here today saying that um, Kevin Gosman's in the running for the side. Oh, are, 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 are we nuts? The season is like 30 games in. Major League Baseball's Twitter feed is posting playoff brackets. They playoff did that. Brackets. They did that already. Playoffs. It's May fourth. They did that. Yeah, already. they did. I saw a tweet. You if know, the, the season old... ended today, yeah. and they snuck in. Oh, I know it's early, but come on, enough of that. You know what I would have uh, done? Oh, this gave me the shivers. I the... was going to go uh, to the uh, Padres and Twins because they're playing this come uh, next weekend. Mm-hmm. But the the riders are going to be firing up, so I can't really go. Um, yeah, you look at it like we talked about this. So the Royals are done. Eight and twenty-four, they're done. Chicago White Sox are probably done at ten and twenty. That is one of the most dysfunctional organizations in all of sports. That's the, the Chicago worst, White Sox. That's the worst division in baseball right now, right? Because the Twins are eighteen and fourteen. Well, yeah, the, the White Sox are ten and twenty-two, and the Royals are eight and twenty-four. Like eighteen combined wins between well, those two teams. But then you got the Tigers in third at thirteen and seventeen, yeah. and the Guardians are second at fourteen and seventeen. So it's the horrible. Twins have it pretty easy. Horrible. Uh, I mean, how about the Rays? The Rays are rolling, man. Yeah, they won again today, three-two against the Pirates. Orioles, no, no fluke. Twenty-one and ten. They smoked thirteen uh, ten. They beat the Royals. They're gonna fall off. You think so? Yeah, they're gonna fall off. Well, your Jays are seven and a half back right now. Yeah, well, that's how it goes. Can you make that up? Can you make that up? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like, like how? It's pa- May fourth. Like, wake wake me up. Wake me up on Canada Day, okay? Well, here's the big question: The Cardinals are ten and twenty-two. They're last in their division. Will they come back? I yeah, there's still time. I know there's still time. I'm not worried. Like about they're it. ten back of the Pirates, who are twenty and twelve. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. Still, so let, still, the thing is, though, there's not as many division games between uh, mm-hmm. the two between everyone within yeah. the division this year. So, so it won't like, be as it, easy it, to make a, it up. Yeah, it's a bit different now. Yeah, so. Who are the pretenders? Are the Pirates pretenders? 20 and 12? Uh, yeah, I think they are. I'll give you the pretenders. I think the Pittsburgh Pirates are yep. a bit of a pretender. Yeah. I think... Uh, Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks, I think they're about three games above 500. Well, they're 17 and 14 right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think the Texas Rangers will fall off. I think uh, the Minnesota Twins are pretenders. And I think the Tampa Bay Rays, they're a good team. Um, but those are my big time pretenders: the Twins, Rangers, and uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. Those division leaders right now, I don't think will be at the top of the division at the end of the year. Very interesting. Very, very. Make interesting. a wager. As long as you don't get in trouble for it. Okay, Make so a let's wager. do this. Let's do this. Well, we got a second before we get the suits. Who's winning the? At the end of the day, who's winning the National League Central? Nah, Pirates, Brewers, no, Cubs, I, Reds, or Brewers, Cardinals? Brewers, 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 okay. Brewers yeah. Who's winning the AL East? It's going to be the Braves. Mm, yeah, I I think the I think the Mets and the Braves are going to come down to the end, but I'm going to go with the Braves. The probably. West, NL West, uh, West. I think the Dodgers will win it. Really? Yeah, American League. Um, you don't think the Padres are going to make the playoffs? Even? No, they'll make the playoffs. They'll make the playoffs. Playoffs. AL West. I think. Uh, I think uh, the Houston Astros will come back and win yeah. that division. Cleveland will win the Central, and uh, 
I think it's going to be a battle between the Yankees, Toronto, and Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tampa's the, at, off to a good start. At the top yeah, of the AL Tampa's East. Yeah, Tampa's off to a really good start. Like, all yeah. those teams right now clumped, to, uh, clumped together in the AL East. So. Yeah. Anyway, when we come back, Glenn Suter, who is emceeing the Dogs Breakfast today yeah, in Saskatoon. Yeah. We'll talk to him yeah. next. It's press coverage here on 620 CKRM. This stands sports history for Capital Ford Lincoln on the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua, May 4th. 2018, LA Angels first baseman Albert Pujols collects his 3,000th hit in a 5 to nothing win versus the Mariners in Seattle. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at SportsCage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the SportsCage. We've had a great show. Ben Hebert's been in studio. We've heard from ESPN rules analyst and former referee. Dave Jackson, the NHL fame, Brian Raymond from Flowing Springs, Nick Thomas, one of the newer Rough Riders from the University of Manitoba, joined us in our uh, Profiles feature. Chris Bauman, former Ram, who was a first overall pick in the uh, 2007 CFL draft, joined us in Where Are They Now? The outgoing commissioner of Regina High School Athletics, that would be Aaron Anderson, was on the show. Uh, it's been a great one. If you missed it, you can uh, check it out in podcast form. Zenger will be putting it up. Fairly soon, once the show is done, we are uh, hoping to get a hold of our friend Glenn Suter. Press coverage for quality tire. Let's get to it there, Zinger. Three times Saskatchewan gets in second or long. They've been bringing Glenn Suter up on the outside. Sometimes they blitz him, sometimes they don't. But when he's blitzed, he's had success. And it's picked up by Suter. He runs it out of Time for press coverage as former writer greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Rider Nation. And he loves all football, and he does so live and in person in Saskatoon today with the Dogs Breakfast. Tell us about that, my friend. Yeah, outstanding. Uh, 1,400 people. Uh, they're now in the in the past 21 years. This was the dogs' twenty first dogs' breakfast, and uh, over 21 years, the breakfast has raised over two million dollars and over 600 scholarships for student athletes at the U of S. And there were 1,400 supporters there, big football fans. Marshall Falk was excellent as a speaker and talked about his. The, his part in the greatest show on turf with the L.A. Rams and, um, you know, a lot about Kurt Warner and what type of person he was and the leadership and the unselfishness that that group needed to have. When you only have one football and, and all of that talent on that L.A. Rams team and and you have to make everybody happy, he said you have to be unselfish. And that's what the game makes you do. It demands of you. To be unselfish. San Diego Tech, uh, San Diego State uh, Tech, uh, Aztec, pardon me, and then went to the uh, Colts, and then went to the. Uh, I think wasn't he involved in the Eric Dickerson trade? If I'm not mistaken, didn't he go over for Eric Dickerson? Am I right when I say that? Um, yeah, I don't know if it was Dickerson. I think he was draft picks. I know there was. He he mentioned it a little bit today about how he wanted more money in his contract here with the Colts. He was drafted second to the Colts second pick overall there was a d lineman uh, uh that was drafted defensive tackle as mm-hmm. a matter of fact that was drafted before him to cincinnati and he joked about how it was the only time in his life he felt good about finishing second because he did not want to go to the cincinnati bengals at the time 
So, yeah, that was. I think that was yeah, Big Dan Williams that went to the uh, Bengals, if I'm uh, not mistaken. Right. There, yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. tell you what though, he played. Uh, he certainly played on a great. Uh, Great football team that really was kind of like a CFL team when you think about it. The way they could uh, throw the ball, run the ball, run and shoot. Martz was their uh, was their offensive coordinator there. Dick Vermeil, their coach. Yeah, yeah. One of the you know, and you know, Kurt Warner, their quarterback, and Kurt Warner, you know, was trying to find a job in football and actually, you know, explored the CFL. And at the time, I guess I, I believe it was the Bombers. This is the rumor anyway that the Bombers took a look at some of Kurt Warner's tapes and decided that they had their quarterback situation pretty much locked down and didn't invite him to camp. He ends, he ends up going to L.A. And, and he's part of that greatest show on turf, wins the championship by, what, a foot uh, against the Tennessee Titans in that Super Bowl. So, yeah, and, and you know, again, Michael, and I, I know people are – you know, they may start to roll their eyes a little bit about me constantly reminding people about how other athletes in the NFL perceive the Canadian Football League. And, you know, he didn't talk about it today while we were in front of the crowd. We talked about his career and his life and things like that. But uh, behind the scenes, I, you know, I asked him, I said, have you watched much CFL football? He said, I love it. He said, it's fantastic. He said, I, I think it's a great game. I said you would have been outstanding on our field. I mean, you were you were one of the best running backs of all time in the NFL because of your versatility and ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and do so many things and be such a great weapon. You think about that plus as wide as our field is, unlimited motion, you know, and and the ball in the air all the time. You would have been great. And he said, "Yeah." I, he goes, "I watch it. I you know, I think it's a real exciting game with great players and he knows a bunch of them and uh, that have played up here. And he just uh, – yet another, you know, top NFL player. I mean, I'm talking – he he's in the top ten. I mean, there's no question in my mind, all-time running backs in the NFL, Marshall Falk's in the top ten. So yeah. you can make an argument for a lot of guys, but he's up there. And, uh, you know, and there's just another guy, Michael, that said – has tremendous respect for the athlete playing in Canada. And as a professional athlete, period. Yeah, so he was the running back, went yeah. to St. Louis, and then Edron James was drafted to replace him. Uh, Peyton Manning right. was there early, and there was like, well, we can't give the keys to the car to Peyton if Marshall's here, and we can't afford Marshall, so we'll send him on his way. Worked out for right. for everybody involved. Talk about what a great celebration that is. You touched on it, but just, you know, what's going on at, you know, what's going on at your old school, SFU, and then the the SFU uh, grad on the stage, uh, you know, really helping to promote and celebrate Canadian football at another university institution. Well, yeah, and, you know, I, I refer to them as student-athletes, and the more I, I am part of this whole fight here in Vancouver for the Simon Fraser football team and program, you know, it just makes me appreciate the support that the Huskies program gets, and, and the U of R program as well. You know, You know more about that program, really, than I do, but um, you know, I know with talking to Scott Flory and the president of the university, Peter, and, and a lot of different people up there, uh, you know, this is, this is support of, you know, upwards of 90 student athletes, many of which would not be able to get a post-secondary education without sports. And they're becoming great students and great people in a first-class um, uh, university and and then they're also good football players. So, 
you know, I, I think it's important to distinguish the two that, you know, we keep talking about their football lives, but, and that's important and they want to chase their dreams, but there's also the student part and building just great leaders and people of great character that become part of your community. And that's what we emphasize today. And that's what a lot of the talk was about. And, and man, did uh, Saskatoon come through 1400 people, Everyone enjoyed the show, as far as I could see, and um, and a lot of money raised. Well over a hundred thousand. I think the riders. Oh, and Trevor Harris was up there as well. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. the I think the riders. Um, I I want to say it was a hundred and eighty thousand that they donated. Yeah, through the uh, Rough Rider Foundation Foundation that they do. We have yeah. uh, we have the uh, Chase the Ace Lottery here that helps raise money for that foundation and then they spread it out to football teams, wellness programs, all that type of thing because the Rider football team is just more than the football team. It's a it's a, a, a provincial symbol and it you know, provincial entity that helps out everything in the province. Hey Glenn, thanks for your time, man. Little short hit here, but you joined us a couple of times during the draft. Have yourself a good weekend and we'll talk soon. Yeah, let's talk about the draft now that it's all said and done uh, next week, and we'll and we'll go over it. I think the Riders did a good job. I like those late old line picks. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about that. I want to get your thoughts on uh, what Jackson Ford can expect to do at safety, or yeah. we can expect uh, f- uh, from him in the transition going from U Sports to the CFL. But that's for next week. Thanks for your time, Glenn. See you, Glenn. Have a good weekend, man. All right. That is a Glenn Suter for Quality Tire. Nine locations in Saskatchewan. Check them out at qualitytire.ca. That'll do it for our show. We'll be back with a live sports update here in the 6 o'clock news package. Update you on those Leafs and those Blue Jays. This has been the Sports Cage for Canadian Brewhouse on 620 CKRM. Today's Sports Cage has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.